Join us each week as Andrew, Ray, and others bring us in on one of their weekly phone conversations with an amazing agent. This is Little Oak Weekly. Good morning, good day, good afternoon, everybody. I hope wherever you're listening, this finds you well and warm smack dab in the middle of summer and also hope you're, uh, you're getting some well-deserved time away and relaxation. Today, I get to speak with Chris Lucas. Chris is an agent who has been with us actually in combination for a number of years, but he was with us. He left us for a short period of time uh, and went to and he's actually uh, recently come back to us. So that's obviously um, very interesting and I'm sure that'll come up in conversation. But Chris also, I would say, has a unique perspective on the real estate business and he does some things that are maybe slightly different than many of us would be would consider the the norms to be so uh, he's a very intellectual guy very well thought out and well spoken and uh, really looking forward to chatting with chris here today so without further ado let me give him a call hello good morning how are you hey i'm doing well thank you for doing this yeah no problem your uh this 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 uh episode is actually going to be released mid somewhere in mid july i think um as it stands we're recording this right on the verge of this heat wave i imagine you're in uh you're in air conditioning somewhere <laughs> yes very important <laughs> i can't believe the uh the impending forecast looks uh looks almost end of the world like <laughs> <laughs> i know i joked on someone's uh post the other day on facebook like you opened the window to hell like close it <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally yeah, I went out. Uh, I went out this morning to get a little water on my grass, and it actually felt like it was. Uh, it was already like twenty five, twenty six degrees. So, I'm not. I'm not complaining. I love the heat. Yes, I'll take this over rain. Oh yes, any day. I want to introduce you to the listener a little bit. Um, so I thought we'd start with. I'd, I'd phrase a question this way: How would you describe your your real estate journey to this point? Give us a little bit of a, your elevator talk or the brief, brief synopsis on your journey um, that's brought you to where you are today. Sure. Um, well, I started back 15 years ago now. I guess it was September 2006, joined Little Oak. Wow. Is it that long? 2006? <laughs> yeah, man. That's amazing. Uh, wow. We're I'm old, an old part. We're very I know, old. I'm, I'm old. <laughs> Not one of those young guys anymore. Wow. But yeah, I had a I had a great opportunity where I started with Victor uh, Klassen, who's one been a top realtor around for many years. Uh, oh, wow. Took me on under his wing for the first year or so I was with him and taught me the ropes, how to do the contracts, how to work the business, uh, everything to do with getting started. And he was a great influence for my early days, and I definitely appreciate that. I uh, came in, gung ho, worked full time for oh I can say a couple years, um, and I was working probably one night a week in the bar nightclubs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then the market turned. Uh, it went down a bit. And so my thought was, man, I could make some pretty good money in the clubs because I've been doing it for years, mm-hmm. uh, mostly cash. And I was like, well, do I give up my 70, 80 grand a year in, in making in the clubs for the opportunity to take part in a, in a slowing market? And, and I didn't know exactly what that entailed because I was due. But I made a decision to, to stay in the bars and the clubs because that's what I knew, and I knew the money was consistent to pay my mortgage. So was that was that like two thousand nine or so, or eight or what? Yeah, right around there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then I I cut back obviously my time into real estate, and that got poured into back to bartending and managing. Picked up my hours and did that um, for about three four years. 
Where did you work when you did that? Uh, that was Finnegan's and Phoenix mostly. Well, Finne- uh, Finnegan's burnt down. I don't know if you remember oh, that back you in were, 2005. Yeah, but I didn't know you were – so you ran the new location then on um, on King Road. Yeah, I was bar manager there. And then previously okay. in the old one, I was actually manager manager for a while. Yeah, I worked at Finnegan's four years and it burnt down. And then for the four years it took to rebuild, I worked at Blue Ridge Bar and Grill. Oh. Which is, it, was, it was a gong show, dude. It was so much fun there though. I love Blue Ridge. Uh, <laughs> but it, it was a gong show then because there was no competition. We were the spot. It was it was just nuts. It was insane. Great. Hmm. But yeah, when uh, it's actually a funny story, the little squirrel trail here, what do you want to call it? Sidetrack. Um, when the new Finnegan's opened up, uh, they're having issues with training their bar. And I wasn't going back there. I was going to stay at Blue Ridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, they arranged to have me come back and, and train their bar. So I agreed I'll, I'll do this maybe a, a couple nights. Well, then Blue Ridge got word of it and fired me. So <laughs> that got wow. me back into the, the, to the new Finnegan's. So that's where I was for uh, for a while. Then um, I realized that this isn't the career I want for me. I don't want to be partying 24-7, spending all that money. Yeah, mm-hmm. It was great, fun time with ladies, fun times with doing that. But I wanted to have a family and I wanted a real career. So that uh, led to me getting back into real estate. Uh, I joined uh, a team out of the Vancouver board out of a Keller Williams there and worked there for a while. Uh, wasn't a fit for me. I didn't, what didn't year, enjoy the what, setup. What year did you start when you came back? Approximate. Well, let me think. So what are we now? We're in 2021. So probably 2014. So right. Yeah, 2014. So the market's bumping along. It hasn't gotten yeah. hot, but it's kind of, it's getting better. Yeah, It's getting exactly. a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. So 2014 it was, because that's when I got married, uh, which was another influence. Uh, I met a girl. <laughs> yeah. Women, <laughs> women can have married. that impact. Exactly. Or spouses can have that impact, I should say. Yeah. So uh, jump back into that. Actually, there was a point when we got married in November 2014. Um, and I was actually doing, I, I worked at flight center for a short time. I was looking for a steady job to support, support getting married and pay for a wedding and stuff like that. Uh, but then I quit. I'm like, no, I just felt my life was being directed. Uh, I felt myself, I felt God calling me to be a realtor full time. Um, so I quit that job right around Christmas and I was a newlywed with no guaranteed source of income, uh, owning a property at that time, just one. I just went forward and, and I did it and it was great. That's when I that's when I joined that team. Mm-hmm. Uh then that fell apart. Uh then I joined Randy Dick with Eximus. And that was so that's when they were with Remax, like yeah. two thousand what? Fifteen, sixteen? Fifteen. Fourteen. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. Got yeah. it. So work with them. It was great. Did a bunch of deals for them. But then I, I got growing into it and I'm going, Man, I just I felt something stirring me and said, I can I can do this uh myself, maybe better. <laughs> um so what I did is I started my own group. I, I took my experiences of the good and the bads. Um, you know, Randy had a lot of good. Randy has great systems for his team and the way he worked things is great. So I took a lot of those influences and poured them in. I learned from Randy in sales. Mm-hmm. And I took some of the negative experience that I had from the other team I was working with as well and said, I'm not going to do that. I want to improve on that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I started this Lucas group based on I want to provide business for agents who struggle with business gen because that's something I struggled with, struggled with when I began is how many people can you go around and ask who do you know that wants to buy or sell real estate hmm. you basically mayoral campaign from uh, training and then also community because I find a lot of realtors I hear talk about how it's it can be lonely it's so much competition people don't want to help you mm-hmm. so those, those two driving forces led me to, to start up the, the Lucas group so I started it with a couple of guys Bray Schulte was actually one of the first guys I brought on to hmm. to help me out with uh with business because I quickly found out 
when I started marketing and, and, and lead generating that it was way too much for me alone to handle. <laughs> so then it was a scramble to bring on uh, realtors that can help me handle the amount of people that want to buy and sell homes. Um, and then it's just flown from there to where I am now five years later from having this group started uh, to now I have, there's 20 agents and we've done over pushing 160 deals this year. Hmm. So, so when that's you, kind of the growth. okay, I want to, I want to pick that a little part a little bit cause there's a lot of meat there. We jumped over when you, started this in 2015 mm-hmm. doing things the way you're you're doing them today what was like what was the lag time from the time you started investing money and time into developing your lead gen system to where you felt like okay i've got a pile of leads coming in uh and obviously bringing bray on and and other yeah. people under two months really i, think I, I started i started january 1st and it was like he came out pretty quick yeah it was it was a quick realization of holy crap. <laughs> I'm swamped. I can't keep up. <laughs> what do I do? Okay, here we go. And would you say that your like lead gen? I mean, we're gonna I want to discuss this more with you in a minute. But but yeah. lead, there's a number of different ways to do real estate, and you can even say to do sales. So there's different types yeah. of sales. But lead gen takes courage, persistence thick skin like i mean real estate takes those things but calling leads is i mean a lot of people would describe it as the most hideous thing a person could ever do and you built you built something out of it so would you say you were naturally gifted at this did you have to work at it like what how do you kind of put yourself into that conversation well one thing i credit uh when i work with flight center was the ability to learn to talk on the phone that really trained me with phone talking, uh, huh. how to talk to people. That was huge in my development as that. And then that progressed into here. I'm calling these leads um, that get registered on my site. So uh, one thing I really appreciate with the systems I have set up is the registration process of a lead coming into my systems. I've tried a bunch of different systems and the way they go. Sometimes I, I've been on systems now, 80% of them sign up with false info. I've got that down to about 25% register with false info. Really? Um, it's a registration process like weeds out looky-loos for the most mm. part. Now, that's it. There's still those those people sure. who are just full of crap. They put in the bad info and they just want to live at home. Fair enough, that happens. Yeah. But I've really been able to limit the amount of crap uh, that comes on. Um, and then just basically comes into a worm lead. They've raised their hand and they said, hey, I'm looking to buy or sell real estate uh, for the most part. Now, again, there's always the exception. There's the professional lookers and all that. But uh, yeah, that's at the base, what happens there and what I've done to get people in. And then, yeah, the training to get those calls done. So you had alluded to that early in your career, I think you had said something like you struggled for opportunity, or maybe that's even why you were attracted to joining a team. But was that the inspiration for wanting to get into a lead gen type system? Absolutely. Yeah. I want to reduce the amount new agent struggle. I know the amount of agents that don't last two years and they fail out of the business, it's huge. I want to try and help realtors build their career. Um, so this is one thing that is I'm combating is that I don't know enough people. It's the, it's the how many times I've heard, just get me in front of someone and I can do that sale process. I can build a relationship and I can make sales. Well, here's the opportunity for you to get in front of people. Here it is. That combats that I don't have it. Well, here you have it. Now I also have the tools and the systems and the trainings and the mentorship and everything to help you even be better with that conversion. Um, but yeah, the ultimate bottom line is here. I want to help others grow their business. And that was the bottom line for the group. But the cuts were small compared to what most teams take. 
the proofs on the pudding it works, <laughs> so to speak. There's deals to be made, and deals to a lot of deals to be made. I've had feedback from agents how it addresses that exact same thing. Thank you for providing these people to me, and thank you for helping me build my business. I wouldn't have had this without you. Those kind of things, and that makes me feel good because it's it's achieving what I had set out to achieve. Do you feel like like so in in the team experiences that you had where you were a buyer agent? Yeah. You alluded that you had a lot of positives. Was was mm-hmm. a negative that you weren't being provided with enough opportunity, and is that why you became passionate about this? I think one of the negatives with any team when you're set up in a traditional team model is if you're doing a fifty-fifty split, split. Let's say. Yeah. For me to be, see that as financially beneficial to me, doing one deal from the team lead and one deal for myself isn't getting me anywhere. Like per month or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Per month. Yeah. I need them to be providing more than what I'm generating. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm bleeding money out. It doesn't make sense to me. See, that was an issue I found with those the teams is that I was generating too much business myself sure. uh, compared to what I was generating from them. Now, there's also other benefits that team provides that you get for absolutely. But that was one thing that uh, yeah. moved me on from especially that first experience. Makes sense. So there's ways to do real estate. And, and this, you know... This is clearly a. I would actually say, well, I don't know how many people do what you do. What would be your guess? How many, if we took the Fraser Valley board, how many yeah. agents have a system? It doesn't have to be like as big as yours, but how many people, in your guess, would be doing what you're doing? Well, in terms of doing what I'm doing with getting leads online, there's probably quite a few doing what I'm doing with the group and leading it like that. Well, very, none. very few. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, actually generating the type of leads that you're generating oh, with a system. Generating yeah. the amount? No. I don't know of anyone generating as much as I do um, in terms of deals done for teams. Like when I look at teams, when I look at the stats for teams for the Visitor Valley Board and I yeah. look at the numbers, yeah. we, out, we outpace them for deals and stuff. So the answer would be no. I don't think anyone else is generating what I'm generating in this area. I don't have access to the Vancouver Board. Mm-hmm. So I can't know. I don't know the stats. But yeah, we do a large amount of business. My goal is to be doing um, over a thousand deals within a couple of years. I know I look at a guy like Justin Haver is a Remax team out of Canada, out of Canada, out of Edmonton. Calgary, yeah, uh, Edmonton, yeah. Calgary. Sorry, Calgary. Calgary. Yeah, one yeah. of those Calgary's. And he does really well. I'm in touch with a guy out of the Carolinas. He does over 1,600 deals a year with his team. Um, so those kind of goals I have set to grow into that way. I've now hired marketers, marketing company to help me grow in that direction who is working with those big top teams to help that. And of course, as I do that, that means more generating of leads to go into our database to to help serve our the agents and the group and the team better okay so great transition you said database mm-hmm. how do you how do you figure that out in your brain how do you balance that because um lead gen it can be perceived that you know it obviously stands in complete opposition to a database type client i would assume you're clearly turning generated leads into transactions and then these people become a client and therefore they're in your database. So how do you balance that out and what has your plan been thus far for your database of people that you've worked with? Well, I see them working together more rather than in opposition. Yep. So when I get those people registered, they're in my database. I'm now nurturing them. Um, of course, in sales, the biggest thing we need, well, not maybe the biggest, but it is one of the top things is follow-up. So once they're in my database, now I can follow up. My AI helps. My system's put into place to constantly help nurture. Of course, my assistant's making calls. The agent's making calls. Doing those things helps nurture that database. We already do get a lot of repeat business from people because I've been doing it five years now. So we get multiple repeats. We get referrals from that. So 
it is that the lead generation into the database is one step, but they could all rot in the vine if you're not following up. You have to have the follow-up uh, systems in place, those uh, Buffini goes on the pop buys, the items of value, the things like that. you got to be doing that to build your value with that, the value in the relationship with that client, build up that trust. And if you have that, they're going to refer you to their friends and family. It's no different than anyone else who's done open houses during the year and puts them into their database or door knocks. It's just a different avenue to lead gen. Um, and my personal opinion is the way technology is now. If you're not using technology, you're, you're going to die like the dinosaurs. So, yes, it's not, I'm not saying other other ways aren't valuable. But, man, when you're going to places where people are looking to to help draw business to you, I think that's key. I'm undercutting. You can undercut those who are, who are waiting for them to come to them. Uh, be proactive rather than reactive is kind of how I look at it, I guess. So are you running, a, 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 in addition to what you do with lead gen, do you have yeah. a database of clients who you've already worked with that you have a business plan in place for with things like, you know, whatever it's monthly touches or letters or Popeyes. Like, are you doing that as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's uh. so you're running two businesses at one time. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, yeah. Two businesses. I see it as one. I see it as what is necessary. Sure. But it's the work. It's a lot. You're doing a lot. It's a big wheel. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. My, uh, I've never seen this as a small undertaking or anything um, like I look at lightly. I see this as huge. It's not just me, but it's not just my business, but I've got like right now I've got 20 realtors. I'm helping drive their business. It's not like mm-hmm. something small. So I got to really think of it as that I get to put all my efforts and all my energy into doing that. And yeah, it's a lot. And that's where you start hiring and delegating. Just one thing that I've, I've done as well to help with that uh, maintenance of such a large database. I think I've got about 70,000 people in my database right now. Say that again. What did you say? I've got about 70,000 people in my database currently right now. 70,000 human beings. Yes. Now, when you're saying database, what you're, you're, yes. these are the people that you've captured off lead gen online, right? Yeah, and these are people I'm actively nurturing. So I'm and, actively following up with them, actively either a, well, some of them, of course, we're currently working with other showing homes or listing their homes. But uh, yeah, these are people we're actively going with. And geographically, these people all are generally where? Lower mainland, basically West Van to Harrison, Hot Springs. It encompasses that area. And, and you know, you mentioned your, your AI. So you've got some AI built into the program. These people are yep. getting dripped on with regular communication. Yep. You know, and, and it's a numbers game, correct? Yeah, we use AI in our marketing as well online, uh, which is something the... I don't know how it has the details that works. I just pay them to do it and they get you as well. So wow. but yeah, AI, some um, new technology stuff they're using to generate business for us, which is pretty cool. Hmm. That's very cool. So you had mentioned that you had an easy time with talking on the phone because you had some past experience at, I think mm-hmm. you said it was a travel agency, correct? Is yeah. that right? Yeah. So, but... Then what has come, what's been difficult for you in the business? What are some things that you've either stayed steered away from or, you know, dealt with confidence wise? Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Like, let me think, like I'm, I'm a relational person and that's what I train and try and train all the realtors to be as a relational realtor. Cause I feel re- being relational, building relationships is going to build a much stronger base to your business in terms of versus transactional. Hmm. Um, if you're building a good, strong relationship with someone, you're going to grow your base wide. You're going to get referrals, transactionals, just looking to pop off deals, probably not getting referrals, et cetera. 
Um, with that also comes pain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could think your best friends with this person, they cheat on you. Or that even comes to um, realtors. I pour into a realtor my time and my money and to try and build up the business and then something happens and it hurts. Whereas if you're transactionally, it's not that same pain. So I know with that drive and that relational aspect of things, there's also risk to it. That's that's one thing I've kind of encountered with, with this. I guess that happens to everyone. I mean, you have your friend, your, your brother doesn't list your home with you or whatever the story is. That happens to all realtors. So yeah, we just get it more. So that relational aspect, uh, dealing with transaction realtors and trying to get a transactional realtor to see the value in building a relationship with someone. Mm. Um, I think that is huge when it comes to talking to people on the phone. Uh, I say people can smell your sales breath through the, through the phone. If you're looking to transact with someone over the phone, they're going to put up their defensive walls. An attempt maybe from a transaction realtor may be something like, hey, thanks for registering. You're looking to buy it in the next three to six months. Um, I'm not going to go wall up done or, hey, I see you registered. I want to make sure you get the right, the relevant home sent to you. How can I help you? Totally mm. different. Like, the, sure. the response you get from people is different in your in your approach if you're looking to help and be relational versus transactional. So that's that's been a bit of a difficulty with some who have been trained because I was trained when I started to be more transactional too. That's just the way I think maybe things were done in the past and now society changes, culture changes a bit. So um, that, was, that was one difficulty, I think. I've never been a fear rejection, but you get people who are going to don't know you when you're dealing with these and they'll give a, I call it a smoke screen. I'm just mm. looking, um, whatever the story is. You have to learn how to navigate those objections, not push too hard so you lose them, but call them back again another time when it's better. Um, little things like that. Um, the idea of rejection can be tough for some. I don't know, maybe it was more so at the beginning, but I think once you do it, <laughs> you get used to it, you're like, oh, whatever. Okay, um, I'm okay with the no auto mind. I'll go help someone else. Mm. I think oh, I think one thing maybe I could have found difficult, but I didn't, is the fact about getting giving away business. So I've seen a lot of realtors who struggle with giving out referrals because they think they want to keep 100% of the commission. Mm. I've had never really struggled once I got past that first step, okay, I'm going to do it, of being like, okay, this person just called me on this home. They want to write an offer. I can give this to my realtor, Joe, and he can write it up. I can take my cut or I can do it myself. But by giving that referral out to someone else has now freed my time up to generate more business. Mm-hmm. So I've done that to the extreme. I, I give out almost all my business to other realtors to convert. <laughs> and hopefully my training them and, and their skill set is good enough where I can get a return on that. So that that was a, a stumbling block at the very beginning. But once I got past that, I was like, that's go, that's fly. I can generate, spend my time on generating more business and get other people to do deals. That's a totally different mindset from most realtors who want to try and make as much money for themselves and in, in, in sense of dealing with every person themselves. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, something that, you know, we talk a lot about the leads, but I've observed you over the last handful of years. And I would say that the success of your group, although obviously you got to have the leads, I think a lot of the success is attributed to pre coronavirus, uh, yeah. the weekly, <laughs> the weekly training that you led like literally religiously I think is a huge huge aspect of that because you know people need to be held accountable they need to be taught how to do things they need to be encouraged and supported especially like a newer agent who's maybe you know hasn't overcome that fear of talking on the phone or or trying to overcome objections and and I would say um, you know that's something that I think you do tremendously well is that you're consistent 
and y- y- you're you're a good teacher uh, in terms of you know showing people how to do this. Yeah. And I don't know what you've done over the course of the last <laughs> you know twelve months to to overcome that because you can't be belly to belly with people. Yeah. But um, but that's a huge piece of it. When you talk about belly to belly, that that makes me think like. Uh, the aspect of technology and how technology takes us away from being belly to belly so often. Yeah. It's a divide between us. And in the last six to eight months, whatever it's been, I've noticed how much, or even a year since COVID, how much it is needed for us to be belly to belly. Like you talk about those meetings. Those are so key. Like big trains, it gets together. We, well, we get to see each other. We get to hear each other talk on the phones. They get to hear me talk on the phone, learn on what to say, how I do things and learn and grow from that. Mm-hmm. Um, Zoom doesn't provide that. Any type of thing. You need that belly to belly with people. Yeah, we've done dooms, we've done uh, deals via Zoom. Never touched a person from Ontario and did a deal with them. That happens. But it's just not as good as having that belly to belly relationship, having that place to meet someone rather than just on on the phone. It's so much communication, so much better that way. Yeah. That's a big thing I've learned this last year. Technology does not even come close to replacing uh, that need for human interaction in, in that face to face or belly to belly. Do you think that that is, so if we divide the business into two segments, we say, okay, there's the segment where you are operational with your colleagues versus mm-hmm. operational with your clients. Yeah. I think a lot of what you're saying is, is you miss, like you want to be able to connect with your team, mm-hmm. but do you also miss it with clients or do you think I do. with clients no. it's okay? No, I, I still miss that because I, I think, I'm going to call it the vibe you get when you're with someone, whatever. There's that interaction, whatever that is, the sixth sense, that that feeling you get when you're with someone, you can vibe with them, you know, right away. Yeah. There is body language that occurs for communication between you and the other person, which is so important when it comes to building a relationship. You're not going to get that over the phone, text, uh, email, or video even necessarily, or a Zoom meeting, something like that. Uh, that belly-to-belly is so much superior in building a relationship with someone um, than but I just mentioned there. Yeah. And same with realtors though, like my, and even for realtors within the group, for us to know each other, it was so great when we could meet for lunches. It was so great when we could meet at the Surrey office and get together and do that. COVID's taken that away. And that also hurts relationships for amongst the team. Now we have our chats, we have our Zooms, but it's just not as good as what we had before. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I think it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to observe how we go back. Like there's going to be some people, I think that, are dying to get back to the way things used to be. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be other people that want no part of the way things used to be. And they, they like, you know, they like all this stuff. They like the zoom. They like the the digital world. They like the convenience of not having to see people as much. And I, I don't think there's a right or a wrong, but, um, mm-hmm. but I think there's going to be like a, another readjusting period for people for sure. Yeah, I know for sure. Yeah. Are we ever going to go back to the way we were? No, I don't think so. It's going to be different. But I think there's good things that have come out. What have we done? Is one of them is the use of tech. That's we've used that a lot. It's great. But yeah, I do miss the personal interaction for sure. That's a, that's a big part of a life <laughs> for me and the way I'm driven. Yeah, you know what? This podcast is is a byproduct of COVID. You know, we were mm-hmm. we for years and years and years we've always thought of you know the way to get content to people was to be do it in person. And yeah. now I look back and I think, man, that is from, from my perspective, you know, from the perspective of, you know, uh, an office that's got multiple locations, it is, that is such an inefficient way to do it because if a person 
can't be somewhere at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday morning, then they miss out on the training versus, you know, digital recordings of content that can be listened to wherever you are in your car, whenever you want. Yeah, so valuable. It's so valuable. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like podcasts were around a long time. I don't know why we hadn't clued in and, and embraced it. But here we are. And, you know, we will do in-person stuff as we're allowed to, because I think, you know, to your point, human connection is still important, but we will no longer rely so heavily on it. And we'll now continue to produce content digitally so that people can stay connected, you know, at whatever time of day is convenient, convenient to them. Oh, absolutely. Like, I think for us, we wouldn't even thought about doing a deal solely through Zoom or some type of video conferencing, walk through home yeah, with a Zoom. Totally. Like that would have never happened. But now it's another asset we have as realtors, as salespeople to use for those they are maybe incapacitated or out of province or, or, or something like that. It's an awesome tool we've added to our toolkit that we probably wouldn't have added without being forced to. Yeah. So I think that's great. Hey, switching gears, you're, you, you talked about your journey a little bit. You've, yeah. you've been to another number of places, but you yeah. were with us, I think, as of 2015. You were with us for a while. And then actually in the middle of COVID, you decided to leave us, go to and yeah. you've recently come back. I would, yeah. be, I would be shot on the spot if I let you go through this interview and I don't actually end up asking you about that. So yeah. here I am asking, um, what, was, what, what drove that journey? And I mean, we're obviously elated that you're back. And so um, what drove your journey back? Here's the thing. It's an incredibly relevant conversation in the marketplace because... Uh, it's a, it's the new, you know, shiny, shiny thing object. or whatever, yeah. you know, we can, I think we can navigate this conversation without saying anything disparagingly <laughs> any, sure. anyway, well, but, sure. but I, but I, I want to, I, I, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Cause you're a guy who's, who's walked it, you know, I, yeah. I haven't walked it. So, uh, and I'm sure a lot of other people want to hear it too. For sure. Um, they, tech, that's what they, they're a tech company that does real estate. That is their push. We've covered a bit of how tech is great, but it doesn't replace the personal connections. And that was a big miss. Um, I miss the little things. There's so many little things. You don't have an office space to meet someone. So you got to meet someone at a Starbucks, but you can't even meet Starbucks right now. But those little things like that, I mean, I even think of little things like having a printer in an office to print off the documents you need for contracts, et cetera. Yeah, you have a printer at home, but it's, it, you know, it prints, whatever. But if I got to print out 20, 30 pages or something for some strange occasion, hey, it's nice to have that little printer there. I can just go boom and done. Um, but having those people to interact with, you kind of feel like you're on an island. It can kind of feel alone. And now I have the group which counters some of that. But for most realtors, that, that's going to be tough. And that's a feedback I've heard from some. My experience to start there, then the start well. So I'll give you a comparison. When I joined back with Remax, in a day of my license transferring, I had access to all of Remax's systems. Whether it be local office to national. When I joined my license transferred, it took over a week for me to get access to their systems. Hmm. Now, their online, their um, conveyancing, anything like that, I couldn't get in. And we've been, we were calling, calling to all different people, get transferred. Oh, not me, talk to this person. Oh, you're not doing something right, do this. And I'm like, you do it for me, I'll share my screen. You show, oh, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Oh, you're right. And so I kept on getting this. I'm not doing anything wrong. <laughs> you guys have messed something up on your end. Fix it. Hmm. Um, but it took a while. Finally, after we got, got access to everything, and I was told I was an anomaly. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> after my experience has now gone on, I'm not so sure of that anomaly factor. But uh, yeah, that was my, my starting off on the wrong foot when you can't get me into the business 
to work when I've got a lot of business to do. Yeah. So like all the convincing stuff backed up. So all my deals I got, all transactions are all waiting to go in and I can't hand them in anywhere. So yeah, yeah. that was a frustration just to start. Yeah. And they have grown obviously really quickly. They are that bright, shiny object. With that, their systems, I don't think, are ready to handle the amount of business from people and agents they have. Um, so the area I found that really lagged behind was in convincing. There has been times I've waited three months for um, payment of commissions where I don't feel there is any need to have to wait that long for a paycheck. Hmm. I just straight up don't think I should be having to wait that long when the money is in their hands. Pay me. And I've never experienced that with Remax. It was always within a day or two of a buyer, sometimes a little bit longer, but check had to be mailed from my uh, lawyer to the convincing department on a list. So that that was a frustration. It's just like, you have the money, pay me. Why do I have to keep following up to get paid? Mm. Um, just yesterday, I sent them off two emails from their, their several payments behind from beginning of June completion. I'm like, what do I need to do to get paid? Wow, I still, don't you, haven't been, you haven't been paid, like you're talking a month later. Yeah. Wow. I don't, I don't want to have to do that with my brokerage. My brokerage should be serving me. That's a, a basic necessity that should be done. Now, I'm lucky I don't live paycheck to paycheck, but if I was a realtor who was, that would be difficult. Mm. And I don't want to have to deal with that. Why should I have to do more? I found I'm, I was having to hire some of the transactions to help me in that area where with Remax, I don't need that. So with Remax, it's, it's a seamless deal. When, when an agent does a, a transaction for me, the stuff is done. With yeah, I had to hand in so much more paperwork. It was just more of a headache, not only for me, but for the person I hired. And then that, of course, comes back to me. So conveyancing was a nightmare for me. That startup was a nightmare for me. The big benefit I had is I joined with Randy Dick. Randy Dick is a great guy. I honestly love him. He's a good guy. He is an incredible salesperson. And he was uh, wanting to help me recruit. And he's one of the top recruiters for me. And of course, he's a great salesperson. So he could sell really well. Mm-hmm. So I joined him with that expectation of recruitment coming from him. Didn't work out as as expected. Um, so that's definitely a small part as well. He loves selling. He's an incredible salesperson. I can't take that away from him. Yeah. And yeah. So that was another factor that didn't work there. I just, I, I saw myself saying too many times, it's just not as good as, it's not as good as, it's not as good as. I mean, there's so many things I could just go into detail, but it bore everyone. But yeah, it, that was the bottom line. It wasn't as good as, I could do this here. They're not a discount brokerage. So I think one thing I, I had a guy ask me this morning, actually, why'd you leave? And I gave him the, the list of things like were bothering me and why I left. And, mm-hmm. and it's just not as good as so many times you keep saying that. You're like, well, okay, maybe if it was a, a discount brokerage, like if it was you sure. just a deal fee of 200 bucks a month, that's all you ever got to do. Sure. Then you expect service to drop. Yeah. But, but you're paying actually equivalent. You're paying full pop there. You pay a lot of money. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not saving any money. In fact, I'm having to pay more. Because I'm having to now get office space. So yeah. I'm having to pay for office space, which doesn't have for me. Yeah. I'm having to hire staff to cover areas they don't do that Cremax did for me. Yeah. So these little things like that are actually costing me more. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, no. It's, and I just felt went with my gut. And well, we had some chats and, and, and it works out for me to be back at Remax to be serviced that and help grow with Remax. I think our, our visions together are synergistic. They can work for growth where we want to grow together, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. And the ability to work with you for recruitment, to add more people. I, I just want to help more people. I have the scalability so easily. Uh, it just costs me more money. <laughs> and I can help more agents. So that, that's my goal. Um, and that's where I've been, that's why I'm back at Remax. The brand um, was another big thing. I'll, I'll, I'll mention that. Brand is either unknown or has a bad connotation to it. Hmm. There's a lot of bad agents out there who try and 
recruit to try and build their their downline, that multi-level marketing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that creates a bad connotation even before you get going. So that that then turns into when you're going into a listing, it's either, oh, I've had a bad experience or I don't know that name brand. And it's constantly, why have that objection? Remax almost, the name precedes you as being good. You have to disprove to the client that you're not good. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. The expectation is excellence because of exactly. it's been around so long. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the opposite. Whereas yeah. if you're with another broker, and I experienced it before mm-hmm. with other brokers, that you have to prove that you are good. Mm-hmm. So you get this already. You can be a brand new realtor and have that brand name behind you, and you're expected to be good because Remax has higher standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was just to me. Okay, why well, have had a lot of objection? That's another one I can get rid of. I think those are pretty much the main the main reasons. Does that make sense? Does that yeah, that totally. You you've <laughs> I think you've successfully answered the question. I you know I think. Something that we, and when I say we, I put myself in this category. Like I've only ever been with Remax 18 years. I've never worked anywhere else. And I know a lot of people that are, that are like me in that they've been with Remax a long time and we can take the brand for granted. Yeah. And then, but I've now, I've talked with a number of people and you're in this pool and we've got some others in our office who left the brand for a period of time. And then when they came back, they said what you said. They got, they, they forgot how nice it was to walk in. And when you have that brand, the expectation is excellence versus having to explain what something is, whether it's a no-name yeah. brand, no-name entity, or just a smaller, you know, local outfit. That's a significant piece that many people uh, talk about repeatedly when they come back. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's huge. I think brand is not irrelevant it is still big in the market it is still highly reliable to have that good brand just like i still feel that even though a lot of people are working from home there's still offices are still valuable to have to meet together and do work i think people don't self-manage very well often too um so having that place for them to set apart a time to go to can improve work Mm -hmm. as well and then you know the other thing that's that's looked over i'll try not to come across try not to have this come across like a plug but you know you can never forget, you alluded to this, you cannot affect or forget the importance of people. And yes, we want to digitize things and streamline things and make things as efficient as modern as possible. But if you erase quality people from the equation in the, in the, in the daily runnings of any business and you either turn it into a robot that's doing something online or, or export the work to somebody who's in a different area code because the labor's cheaper somewhere else, mm-hmm you're going to feel that in your day-to-day operations. And that is, you know, the brand Remax is massive, but there's also Remax offices that don't have quality people, Mm -hmm. maybe less so than in some other brokerages, but people still make a brand. And, you know, that's obviously what we're proud of at Little Oak is that, um, you know, we think we have amazing people and and we know we do. And, And, you know, the proof is in the pudding in terms of, you know, the, the types of frustrations or pain points that you talked about, uh, you know, we have incredible conveyancing. We have incredible management. We we have systems that work and, and, and don't fail. So um, mm-hmm. it, brand and people are what uh, are what make it all tick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, you, and that's that's another thing I found with um, when it comes to recruiting the group, because I recruit a lot of people, is the quality of people. The standards are higher at Remax, and I do find, and, and then I'm not saying there's not good agents, there's great agents there too, but I do find the quality of agents better at Remax. I found that, and that's a big reason why I'm back to. Well, statistically, 
Little Oak, we've got slightly less than uh, 5% of the Fraser Valley Real Estate Board in terms of population, but we do around 20% of the transactions. So that's not a subjective opinion. That is an objective opinion. That's a, that's a stat. We do uh, a ton of business, and to do a ton of business, you have to have high-quality people. Yeah, I agree. On the brand conversation, I don't want to just, um, you know, make ourselves feel good without asking some tough questions. And I wanted to put this to you. So Remax is great. It's, it's Remax is Coke, right? Like it is, it has been around forever. It's a powerhouse. And we've just talked about a lot of the benefits, but we'd be, we'd come across as idiots if we said, uh, there's there, everything's roses and some things don't, you know, there's gotta be some things that need to change. So what do you see as uh, the challenge of Remax and Little Oak combined, you know, in the next two to five years here, what what needs to improve? Um, I think from what I've observed from like online chat or other in-person chat with other people at Remax, uh, kind of the idea of being, being a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. I think we got to avoid being labeled a dinosaur. We've been around so long and older. Back, I think I know we refreshed the brand a little bit, but we don't want to do dinosaur and go extinct. So that. That could be a bad thing, but I think bringing in young faces and that young crowd into it will help revitalize that. I don't even know the revitalization, but brings life to it. That's some of the, a lot of what I run into when I talk to people is it's kind of like dinosaurs that go there. Mm-hmm. So how do we combat that? Bring in youth, train them up right, get them to do well. And now we have a younger generation of Remax realtors that are going to do really well. Well, yeah, there is a lot of great older realtors at Remax that have been around 30 years and done awesome. But let's, let's bring up that younger generation and get them to be that next next group that comes up. And I think that's in process. I, I don't think that's not in process. So I think that's good. And I think that starts from the top down. We've got mature leadership at the top that's bringing some life and work its way down. That's, that's my thought. I guess that's kind of the byproduct. Like, I imagine, uh, and again, this isn't to give a, this is not in the effort to give a pass to that in any way, but when, when you have success for decades, the people who led you to that success are going to get older. And mm-hmm. so this is just, I, I think it's a passing of the torch that needs to occur. And of course, in a newer brand that starts at a later date, there isn't any, <laughs> there isn't any old yeah. sticks in the mud to, yeah. to try to budge, right? That's probably a fair way to say it. Yeah. But, but nonetheless, it is still our challenge. Yeah. And I think, I think, well, I mean, I, I Excuse me, I'll just refer to the back two weeks. I think I've talked to six or seven brand new realtors you guys sent my way. Yeah. I think only one has actually written their test. So you got a bunch of these new realtors coming in the market that are potentially coming to Little Oak and can grow. So mm-hmm. that, that to me is a positive change, a positive directory to have uh, some youth come along. You know, actually, practically speaking, I'll, I can I can say this, and this is maybe, um, this is part of the challenge. So... Generally speaking, a re, to, to be a Remax agent, it is in the upper echelon of cost, right? Mm-hmm. Like within the industry, it's not maybe the most expensive in all markets, but it's definitely not the cheapest, right? It's not a discount brokerage. Yeah, that is uh, that's an obstacle for a lot of brand new younger agents, right? When they get licensed, Absolutely. they're more concerned about monthly costs, and so maybe maybe that's one of the um, maybe that's hitting the nail on the head. Is that if Remax wants to get younger and grow with some of the younger generation, they have to find a way to overcome that objection for not all of them, but some of them, because that is the way to get younger is to, is to have um, 
some more youth um, in the industry. Keeping in mind that I think the dropout point, I was looking at a statistic the other day, and it's something like, it's an incredibly high number. I don't want to try to guess at it because I forget, but within the first four years of being licensed, the number is obscenely high in terms of the number of people that are no longer licensed before they hit their four-year anniversary. Absolutely. Yeah. I've heard as much as 90%. It, it is time. incredibly high. So for operate, that's the thing, like from an efficiency and operational perspective from the brokerage chair, you know, it's just, how do you, how do you figure out this balance of like finding the good eggs yeah. and making sure you steer clear of the people that you're going to just waste time and money on because they're not going to be around. So it, it, it certainly is a, it's a challenge, but, but it's, it's our challenge and it's one that we need to figure out. And that's why hopefully I can help too, right? It takes away, I can take away that initial objection of money because if you turn the team, I'm paying for most of that for you. So then it allows them to have all the benefits that come with it. But, yeah. If you've got, yeah. if, yeah, totally. I mean, you know, I mean, we've, we've had, I mean, we've always had many wonderful teams in our, you know, in our brokerage going back, you know, again, we, you know, we mentioned Randy number of years ago. I mean, that's, that's how I started 18 years ago. And there's, you know, Ben runs, run and has run a team for a long time and Dean's run a team. And yeah, there, there are certainly different types of teams and not everybody does it the same way. Some people focus more on new construction. Some people say, oh, I want to only have one or two members. Um, You're, you're certainly uh, more dead set on growing to a substantial size, which, uh, I say all the power to you. That and, and if we can help you do that, we certainly will. Yeah. Scalability, I think, is huge for your business, and I can scale. So it's just a matter of having the right people in and let's grow. <laughs> That's how it is. I, I'm not, I get asked that every time I talk to almost, almost every time I talk to an agent who, who contacts me about joining, I'm like, do you have an, a plan about how many agents you can run? Like, no, I'll take on as many as I can because I'll just keep growing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. Like, let's go. <laughs> and so, safe to say, that's next five years. You have a growth plan of like, what do you, what, what kind of goals have you set for yourself? Well, I'm at 20. My next one, I want 30, then 50, then 100 agents. I want to be with over 100 agents in five years. That would definitely be, definitely be a goal. That is, some people are probably listening to this going, are you kidding me? 100 agents? No, it can be done. <laughs> it, it, it absolutely can be done. What is, I mean, this is, she's not this big, but what is, uh, what's her, um, what's her name out in the Tri-Cities? Uh, I think she's in Tri-Cities. Catronas? No, not Catronas. Yeah, Katrina something. Katrina. Katrina. Yeah. Katrina. How yeah. big is her team? Uh, she's pretty big. Yeah, like 20? Yeah, I'm going to say 15 to 20. That 15 range, to 20. She, she's run a pretty big operation. And then yeah. you mentioned the likes of Justin Haver, who I know you have your eyes on, but what does he, yeah. what does he do? He's got 50, 60 agents somewhere in there right now. And he's doing about 1,200 deals, I think, last I heard him talk about that. Um, he, he runs a lot of online lead gen to that. So he feeds his agents. And, and, and is he doing like, you know, is he, are all of these people licensed with him in his brokerage or is he doing something similar in that he can have people into his group without having them licensed at his brokerage? He, if they are unlicensed, he starts them out as ISAs. Yeah. So they start as people talking on the phone to people. Yeah. They get licensed, they transition into his team. He runs a team, not a group. So they are all licensed. And they're with, all licensed uh, under his under under, under that function. office. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Remax first, I think it might be called or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So his he he runs a, a, a traditional traditional team. He doesn't sell. He is just the figurehead, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Whereas I still want to be doing a few deals. I still want to stay relevant in the market, know exactly what's going on, keep my finger on the, the pulse, so to speak. Sure. Uh, a leader rather than a boss. 
is kind of how I look at it too. Mm-hmm. Well, we will uh, we will re-listen to this in five years, Chris, and yeah, we'll and we'll see, and we'll see where you're at. And if you're even if even if you're remotely on your way to those kind of numbers, then I think that'll be considered a tremendous success. So, yeah, yeah I hope I hope you get there, and we're we're looking forward to helping you do that. That's great. Thanks for taking the time this morning. Yeah, I know it's good chatting. I'm happy to chat. And if anyone ever has questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to tell you about what I do as a group, but also maybe another perspective other than an owner's perspective on why you should be at Remax. Um, I'm happy to to talk to you about that as well. Feel free to reach out. Well, we appreciate that. Happy uh, happy selling and uh, stay cool this weekend. It's gonna be hot. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah. <laughs> hard hard to imagine. We'll we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you after the weekend. We'll we'll see how it went. Yeah, for sure. Okay, thank take, you. Take care, man. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.